inside the Motherhood Anthology's Facebook community. We like to go live and answer questions from our community members. One of our most recent lives turned into an amazing discussion about mindset and how shifting our mindsets and thinking outside the box can truly elevate our businesses. Whether you find yourself stuck in a rut when it comes to raising prices or you just need the inspiration to network with people in your area, this is the episode for you. Go for a walk, sit down with a cup of coffee and a notepad, jot down some ideas, and see some amazing shifts happen in your business. Welcome to the Motherhood Anthology Podcast, photography education for a business you love. My name is Kim Box and I'm your host with the collaboration and help of my co-hosts and business partners at the Motherhood Anthology, Jenny Kruger and Allison Craig. As I mentioned earlier, today's episode is a little different here on the podcast. Jenny, Allison, and myself like to go live in our free private community from time to time just to chat and answer questions. We decided that a recent live was just too good to keep to ourselves, so we decided to share it here on the podcast for everyone to hear. Listen in as Jenny and myself tackle a lot of mindset and creative block type questions, from pricing to galleries, from networking to client base. There's a little bit of something here for everyone today. So now I present to you episode number 45 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. So you said you have a business background, and if you've been in our community very long, you know that Jenny is very much an advocate for charging a sustainable price so that you can make some money and pay yourself. And I think in the artistic world, like you said, you either have a business mind or you're maybe a starving artist. You have beautiful work, but no business sense. And so I think, Jenny, you're this amazing in our community because you you have both sides of that coin and it doesn't matter how beautiful your work is if you're not getting paid well for it you know you can't continue a business long term and it's so fun to me to watch inside the community the new members that join and they're so not I don't know if scared's the right word but it's like oh my gosh that's great for you Jenny but I could never charge that <laughs> yeah and then, And then like a month or two later, they're making these posts and sharing pictures of checks and like, oh my gosh, I just had my first $4,000 sale. And thank you so much to this community. I mean, we see that all the time inside that community. And I think that one of my favorite things that that I've heard someone share is that, you know, that mindset of I can do that too. The only way you can kind of change your thinking is to surround yourself with other people that are doing what you want to do. And that that's the best way to, to change your mindset around money and pricing. And we see that a lot. I agree. And I think just to be blunt, like such a hard ass about it is like, I have seen not only like in our community here, like Nashville surrounding areas, but like all over really good to amazing photographers, like working 24 seven, like constantly feeling burnt out or ignoring their children or resentful that they have to leave their children yet again this week. Like that to me is like, just that sucks. Like you might as well just work a regular job and have the benefits and the clock in and clock out. Like the whole point of us, hopefully most of us doing a job like this is to give yourself a little more flexibility and to be able to just like live a little more and like enjoy what you do, but also be able to enjoy your life and like not miss your children's childhoods. And 
I don't know, like, I know you and I have both lost our dads, but like my dad died on his way to work. And so like that has always, and that was in 2015. It was like literally right after we started the motherhood anthology. And so to me, it's like, yeah, we, we all have to go to work. Like we have to make money, but like, if you're leaving your house and taking that risk, every time you drive in your car, you're taking that risk and to do it for not even a basic salary is like, I feel bad. Like, I just don't want that for anybody. You know, I believe there's a time for hustle, but I don't think you should have to hustle very long. Like in the very beginning. Yes. We, we have to kind of put the work in, but I think I did it way too long. And you know, the older I get, the more I look back and think, you know, what's it all for? Like, we're trying to build a business and make money, make money. But what we're really trying to do is have some freedom and some time back. And so I think that's the beauty of being around people that have got it figured out and are willing to share. Okay, if you make these few changes, you have to work so hard. Yeah. Um, And the beauty of not having to work so hard and be is you're not burnt out. You're able to give better service to your clients. Your work is better because you're excited to do it and not tired, you know, and dreading the next session. And so, and, you know, you know, double your prices, you only have to shoot half as much um, right. the same amount of money. So, um, right. If I had to do these five sessions every week, like every month, I would, I would be miserable. I, and that's, that's way less than some are doing a month. You know, like if you say, 20 sessions a month, there are, I guarantee you, there are so many, like, let's say 200 to $600 all-inclusive photographers having to do way more than 20 sessions a month to even feel like they're making a tiny bit of money. And that is crazy. Um, I read somewhere once that like the average portrait photographer spends 10 to 15 hours all in like on a session when you include like the session shooting time, editing, culling, even dividing like your marketing time, accounting time, all of that over your amount of sessions, it adds up to like about that much. And so it's like two to four sessions a week, depending. And that's not even like full service. Like if you are doing wardrobe and in-person sales, that's probably more than 10 to 15 hours. So I think when people sometimes hear like, oh, you could only do, let's say one to three sessions a week on average. Well, I want to work full-time. Like that is full-time. I feel like, because that's about my average, I would say two to three a week or so. That is more than full-time pay and full-time work. And so I think it can be done. And I just sometimes think people don't account for all of the back-end time that they're putting in. And yeah, like it may be at night, but it still counts as your work time. And I definitely did that at first. Like it was really important to me that when I was starting my business, well, number one, we were also broke. And so like, I couldn't afford daycare. (laughs) I didn't want to work at the time just to pay for daycare. And so my husband worked like typical hours. And so I would work tons of weekends. I would work every nap time, every night time into like midnight, one, two in the morning, some days just to kind of like get things up and running. But like you said, that shouldn't be like a long-term forever kind of plan. So like definitely some hustle, like it takes, it takes work and time and hours to get your business off the ground, but it shouldn't be because you're shooting a million sessions a month. So Jenny, if you you wouldn't mind, maybe walk people through a little bit of like, I guess the, the groundwork that people can expect if they join the membership to kind of get them 
to that point where they're able to charge more. And I know there's some basic things that that we walk people through in the very beginning of joining the membership. In my opinion, I think we all agree on this, you and me and Allison and everybody, there's kind of like some main pillars that you kind of have to have like figured out or like working on in your business. And so one, I would say start with overall branding and style. You can love everything. You can think like there are so many photographers and artists that I'm like, wow, their work is amazing. That's not natural to me. I could never do that. I don't want to do it, but like I respect it. So like you have to kind of put aside everything that you just like and figure out like what truly is authentic to you and what you can do naturally. And I'm like, um, like path of least resistance. So like I want to shoot and edit and like run a business, how it's just most natural to me, um, if that makes sense. And so figuring that out, building your brand around that, and then in turn, figuring out your marketing to match that. Like those are like huge. If you, if you have not done those things or you're not focused on those things, you could have the best work ever, you know, like you said, and it's, you're going to be like fighting such a battle. So those are really big things for us that we have a lot of content on. We're answering questions about a lot. And I like everybody says this, but like, I truly do think one of the greatest things about membership is like, you've got all that content there, like educational pieces, but then you've got that private group that you can go through all of that and then ask us a bunch of questions about it or ask us a bunch of questions about, you know, your business specifically and personally so that you can say like, Hey, like I have this going on or I have this problem, like help me work through it. And so we do that all the time, which is really nice. But back to those foundational pillars, once you've kind of like figured that stuff out, pricing. So like you said, we are hardcore about everybody doing their cost of doing business. So Allison made an amazing Excel worksheet, basically just like a formula where you can plug in like your exact numbers and really figure out what it is you need to charge to make a living and make a salary at your business. And you could be doing it full-time. You could be doing part-time, which I say is like, you know, maybe one session a week, three to four months, something like that. It doesn't matter like how many sessions you want to shoot or like what you need to make, but you can put all those numbers in there and kind of figure out like, okay, this is a profitable way to do that many sessions and figure out like the bare minimum you need to charge. And then figuring out the pricing structure that you want to apply to those numbers. So Pricing structure is a little more opinion, like figuring out what's right for you. Whereas like pricing in terms of numbers and like cost of doing business, like we always say, like the numbers don't lie. So like if you're, if you put your numbers in and you put a salary in that accounts for paying your bills and your mortgage and all of those things, whatever that number is, you cannot like it, (laughs) but that's your, that's the number. And so Obviously you could adjust expenses or whatever a little bit, but that is kind of like cut and dry. And then just taking that number and figuring out like, okay, like I really do want to be all inclusive or I do want to sell collections or I want to sell all a cart, just kind of figuring out like what works for your personality and your style and your business. I think it's so great that you guys have kind of have tried several different ways, like, and you, 
you talk about why it did, didn't work or why the your current method is working better or, you know, like you don't just say do it this way. Like you really do share why you do what you do. I mean, you guys are open book about like you share your pricing, you share your your galleries, like you show your actual what am I trying to say? You know what I'm saying? Like you, you like, share everything yeah. that you're using day to day. There are no blurred out numbers or um, yeah. it's what you're doing every day. Like you said, you shot five sessions this week. You share like how you price that, mm-hmm. what you're selling, products you're selling, I think is such a helpful thing. Yeah. And I think like kind of like what you were saying at first is seeing people that are doing it and are having success if nothing else, that really just like has that social proof to show you, okay, there's people in big cities doing this. There's people in small towns in the middle of nowhere doing this. Like if they can do it, why can't I? And like, that's really like what we want people to believe is like, I'm not you and me and Allison, like we're not special. We're not any better. Our work is not any better. In fact, there are people in our community that I think have way better work than me. And so like, it's not, it's not something that people can't do if they have truly the business and the hustle behind that for at least a little while and the consistency to really plug away at that. Somebody asked a question, but are there certifications or professional affiliations that you recommend considering PPA, one of the organizations that focus on newborn child photography, et cetera? Are you a member of PPA? I used to be. I don't think I am currently. I think I was, but mainly for the insurance that came with it. I think you received some sort of insurance, business insurance, if you were a member. And so, and then we've done the trade shows, but I'm currently. Yeah, same. I was a member for a while because I thought I just had to be. Like, I'm a professional photographer. I should be a member of this, but I have my business insurance and like my equipment insurance separate. And so I didn't really use that part or felt like that was a big deal to me. And then I had been to imaging, which is their like trade show. And then kind of like educational conference, like you were talking about at first a couple of times. And I feel like once you've gone to it a couple of times, you've done it. And so at that point I was like, eh. I don't think like being a part of any of those memberships or like associations are not beneficial, like would hurt you, but I don't know if, I don't know if they make a huge difference. You know, like there's so much out there. There's so much education. There's so many like things that you can be doing. And, um, you know, I just want to like, I want to do stuff that number one, like fits with my brand and my business. And if I'm going to spend money on something, like I want it to propel my business further. I want to get better for clients or make more money or whatever it is. Like I want it to take my business in this direction versus more stagnant. And so I would, I would say to consider that, but like any kind of, any kind of thing that you're buying or joining. Kind of cover the pillars, branding, pricing. I would say business-wise, like those pillars, branding, marketing, style, pricing, pricing structures, sales. I think one of, Ooh, this is a good one. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people are like, uh, I don't do IPS, which is in-person sales. So I don't know if I should join the membership or I do do IPS. Like, is this going to help me? And Allison and I have both done both strict IPS only, and then online galleries only 
I'm back to doing offering clients either or. And so we have content in there about, you can literally watch like a live IPS appointment and figure out like how we do that workflows and everything. And there's a ton of like online sales and whatnot that um, we also share in there and there's content on that. So I feel like, um, well, yes, like we all have a certain style and a lot of our members have a similar style, kind of that business content can really apply to like, if you have a portrait business of any kind, you can tweak it and you don't even have to tweak it that much, but like you can make it work for any kind of portrait business, any kind of style. And I like that about it because it doesn't have to be like, this is only for IPS photographers that are shooting film like or whatnot, you know? I feel like I see almost daily people asking inside the group for advice or for client communication, or I have this situation with a client, what should I do? Or this happened? How should I handle it? And there's always like immediate answers. I hear often, like if you're not familiar with the membership, so we have an education library and it has content on all different things from the last five years but we also have the private Facebook group that comes um, with the membership. And what we hear over and over is that they pay for that Facebook group. Like the, the content is great and we add content each month. And I've heard that people a lot of times maybe use that as a resource. Like, oh, I'm going to shoot Santa sessions this year. Let me go to the education and see what's there. And there's typically always something there on whatever you're looking for at this point. But for $45 a month to be able to um, ask advice and get an immediate answer from multiple people, I think is just so valuable. And most people's favorite part of the membership, I think. I agree. And just having like a smaller community that is really involved when you're asking about like maybe sensitive client issues or needing help responding to a client, things like that. That's really helpful. And people use that a lot for that, for sure. Okay. So one of the questions somebody asked, and this kind of goes back to branding was like, how do you, how would you open? I would love to hear ideas on how you separate yourself, stand out in unique ways to advertise. Again, like I said, this all goes back to your brand and what you're doing in your work and your business to kind of like be authentic to you and make yourself not the same as what everyone was doing. I think One of the things that helped me so much when I started out was I knew that I automatically, like, because I did my costume business, I automatically had to be priced higher than almost every other photographer in the Nashville area, even though I was like literally brand new and terrible. (laughs) So like, that was like, okay, how are we going to make this work? But I also knew that like the majority of, let's say newborn and maternity and baby photographers were doing X, Y, Z. And so like in my head, I'm like, well, Number one, I started my business because as a client, I didn't want that. And number two, why would I do what everyone else is doing? Like, I want to be different and like really different and really stand out. And so that's kind of like how my style evolved and like how some of the things I do in my business evolved. But I think just kind of twofold, and this is going to sound like total contradictory, but like one, put your blinders on and not look at what everyone else is doing so that you're not like accidentally not seeing stuff that you're constantly being like, oh, I should do that. Or I need to do that or things like that locally. Um, I think it's great to like, you know, have communities like this and get inspiration and whatnot, but like, you don't need to be following every other 
let's just use newborn photography, for example. You don't need to be following every single other newborn photographer within a 50 mile radius of you. Like be different, like put your blinders on, don't look at them, do your own thing. And then number two, a little bit like knowing what people are doing all around you and knowing that maybe 80% of newborn photographers are doing it this way figure out something different and do it differently. I always say one of my favorite books is Seth Godin's Purple Cow. And the premise is basically like, if we're driving down the road and we see cows all the time, like we are so used to seeing brown cows, black and white cows, like that's normal to us. Like that is so unremarkable that like you wouldn't even comment on it. But if you're driving down the road and you see like a giant pasture of brown cows say, and there's like one purple cow in the pasture, you'd be like, oh my gosh, look at that purple cow. That's not to say be like crazy out of the box, but truly the more out of the box and different you can be, the more you can be that purple cow and other people go, wait, what's that? What is she doing over here? And I want that because it's different and exclusive and not everybody's doing it. I love how that book talks about being remarkable like you have to be remarkable to be talked about like if you just provide like if it's good people don't talk about good they paid for good they expect it it. yeah so if you're really terrible they'll talk about you and if you're really amazing they'll talk about you and I feel like that's not just your work even no I feel like the bigger piece of that is not really even your work like you said there's so many people that are really good photographers I think it's more about you and the experience and how they feel about you as a person is the thing that's going to keep them loyal and coming back. And if you could just start with that first client and just that experience that you give them and that relationship that you build with them, you know, that's going to snowball after a while. And talking about like your work and the products that you're selling, like I think the key to everything is figuring out who you are what you love as far as what you shoot, how you shoot your style, but what you sell. I remember you, Jenny, like I remember I found you a long time ago on Pinterest and I pinned your studio and the the images of your studio just told the story. I mean, like I wanted to come to Franklin and, and be in your studio and see your studio. I mean, it was, it it wasn't your images. It was your studio. Like I just knew that that would be a amazing experience that it was just the fabrics, the, the, the furniture, the lighting, like it just felt so warm and cozy and it made me want to experience that. And I think when you find your style like that and you share that in the way you dress or the way your studio looks, like, I think that whole is a whole big piece of the pie. And if it's authentic, then it carries through the whole way. And, you know, people are drawn to that. Exactly. That's a good point. Just like making sure that like whatever you do, it doesn't really matter what it is as long as it is really authentic to you. And like, again, like it's so much easier to run a business that is like just naturally how you would do it. Like stop trying to go against what your natural like inclination is, whatever it might be. And I promise you, it's like so much easier. And so I'm really lazy. And so often we're looking around thinking we need to do it this way because so-and-so is doing it this way. And so when the client comes to us, they expect what they're seeing, but really the client wants you to do your thing. Like they want you to tell them, you know, 
I think this would be beautiful. We should shoot here. You should wear this. We should make make your session an album. Like, I think whatever you're excited about, whatever you think is beautiful, that's what drew them to you. So I think for the most part, you know, if you just walk them through that. That's, that's the important part. Yeah. And it's weird because I've had, I've had clients that are new to me that have gone to other photographers locally and there are people that I think their work is good to great. Like none of them I would say are terrible, but they have like raved about their experience with me or like throughout the session while we're doing it, they're just like almost surprised by like how easygoing it is or how relaxed they feel or how like everything is there for them. And it's just like, just easy. I haven't been brave enough to like be like, well, why didn't you feel like that over here? Cause I saw that you did pictures with so-and-so like, I feel like I could never say that, but it just tells me that there is something more than just the pictures. And I do, I have figured out one thing. I do think that consistency is really important consistency within your galleries consistency overall within your work like session to session because i've seen i've seen this in so many different ways but like where a photographer can throw up on instagram one or two really great images but the rest of the session either is so different. It looks nothing like that. Or like, like, I don't, I, I honestly can't figure out how that happens. Um, but it just does. And it's really common because I've had a lot of clients say to me, like, we have done other pictures, but I just have never loved them all or most of them. And like, I think sometimes like people in our community are surprised that I sell almost all full galleries. And I think, I think making a gallery that a client truly loves every image, a lot goes into that. And we could like do a total deep dive on that, but that is really important. I think that makes a huge difference in how a client overall views their whole experience, if that makes sense. But I haven't gotten further than that because I don't want to ask. (laughs) And it's just chemistry a lot of times, I think like you're not going to, you're not going to jive with everybody, but when you, you know, when you have that chemistry with a client, you know, treasure that and hang on to it and like collect those people. And before long, you know, you have lots of business with people that you love. And I think that's what, that's what I was aiming for. You know, like we all want to go to work and work with people that we enjoy being with and mm-hmm. that love us and our work. And exactly. New client sessions. Not that I don't jive with new clients, but I'm just like nervous, more nervous and more anxious. I'm a total introvert anyway, but like more nervous and anxious going into those sessions because like, you don't know, like my repeat clients, like, okay, I know we already have this like rapport. And like, obviously if you're a repeat client, you don't hate me. (laughs) So like you didn't hate the experience. And so with new clients, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if they totally hate me? What if they hate everything about this? And so like, that's always in my head before a new client session. Whereas like those repeat clients, you know, you have already established that and they're coming back because they do love you. So um, that's a whole other discussion and why like memberships are so important, like memberships within your business. But yeah, let's look at another question. Okay. <laughs> you ever have repeat clients? Like, I mean, I love repeat clients, but you ever have this situation where you have a magic session, you know, first baby, 
everything like the clock the clouds part everything's perfect the session's beautiful and then the second session because typically that's a toddler and a newborn it just doesn't you don't get the same outcome you and it's like are you you in my head this week yes I have definitely (laughs) I do think (laughs) I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing I do think most of my clients expectations for newborn sessions with toddler-ish or a little bit older siblings are so low to begin with (laughs) then the bar is so low that like hopefully anything that we can get is good um but yeah like I've had some some sessions you know like when you just walk away from a session and you're like that was perfect like that was my session on Thursday it was their first baby newborn session baby like slept the entire time mom and dad were adorable like with each other like just just not like they were pretty, but like, not, I don't mean that. Like just, they were naturally like comfortable, like holding their baby and snuggling and all of that, which makes a big difference. Um, and it was like 60 minutes from, by the time I opened my studio door to the time I closed it behind them, like so simple, but I'm like, why, why can't they all be like this? Because it just, it just doesn't happen that way. Like the lighting was perfect. Everything was just perfect. Um, of course, that's the one session out of all 10 this week that I don't have a model release for. So I'm like, of course, maybe that's the trick is those clients just don't sign a model release. And then the session goes perfectly because that would make sense. (laughs) But yes, I do. And I do really stress about that. Like, so the anxiety and stress from a new client session is one thing. Then a repeat client, when I know we've had good sessions, it's like, okay, now I have to like, keep that up. Like, what if I, what if I bomb this next one? But that is, that's hard. Somebody asked to talk about ways for, to do local advertising, like in OB clinics and stuff like that. How do you approach them and examples of what to offer? So I don't know if I sent Allison's picture, but I was in my OBGYN's office in January and there was the most horrible picture. I don't know if it was like a stock image. It was like sepia toned and like, super old fashioned, like feet, baby feet that weren't even in focus. Like, I don't, I really don't know what was going on, but I said nothing, did nothing. So maybe I'm not the person to answer this. And maybe next year at my yearly, I will have the motivation and the courage to say something and be like, do you want to fix that? Like, can we make that prettier? I don't know. But I think if you have somewhere that you like, you have a relationship with and I know they have like um, office managers and things like that, that kind of like take care of all that stuff. You could call and ask to chat with them. You could ask to have like a quick, you know, 10 minute meeting where you bring in some stuff. I do have my stuff up at a pediatrician's office. She was opening just kind of like more of like a boutique natural pediatrician and was opening a new office, like a spinoff from the pediatrician's office we used to go to. So that's kind of how I knew her. She was opening a brand new office and kind of like, I think she might've put it out on social media that basically you could buy a room in the office. So like I have one patient room where I have, I want to say it's like three framed prints on the wall. And I ended up doing one of my repeat clients, like three different sessions from them. So like potential client or patient in there could see like newborn six months family down the road. What I don't even remember what they are, but something like that. And then I think I made an album 
And this is the only time I would do this. Otherwise, like for your studio and things like that, I would use all the same session or multiple sessions from the same family. But I did like basically a portfolio um, in that album. So like while you were waiting in there, you could like flip through and see like number one, the quality of the album, but also like just a good sampling of my images. Granted, this is like maybe seven years ago, six years ago. And so it's super outdated. And I think we paid, it was supposed to be like a yearly thing. Like you paid like 500 or a thousand dollars and paid for all the stuff to basically like brand that room. I've never repaid and I know it's still up. So I'm just kind of left alone. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, and I don't, I don't think I've gotten one single client from it. So for me, that would be lower on my list. I don't know if you feel the same way, Kim, but like that would be lower on my list than simply going to where like your ideal client would go and just like trying to form an authentic relationship. So like, let's say you have a really high-end like baby store or something, go in there and like shop, buy some things for your clients, get to know the people that work there. And then like, let that like evolve more naturally to kind of like, they know you and like would recommend you either way, but then maybe like down the road, eventually you could do something that benefits both of you. I think a lot of times photographers like go into things like this thinking about, okay, I want to put my work up somewhere like, cause it would benefit me, but like, what's the benefit besides having like pretty work up obviously. Um, but like, what's the benefit to that business owner? Like there has to be something in it for them, especially if you don't have like that organic relationship, you know? Have you ever done that? Like had your work up like at an OB office or anything? We were asked to do it one time and it was a huge office. It was like three floors. They wanted a lot. Mm -hmm. I think we were just so busy at the time. We ended up not doing it because we really just didn't need the business at the time. But I, and I I do think like, do they still give away? Like I'm so old, but when I had babies, they gave you a diaper bag when you found out you were pregnant with like stuff in it and I feel like they give out like probably baggies, like some places probably still give out like a little like. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could put, you could have something printed really pretty and put in those bags. I feel like there's so many people that want to do that now. I can't, I would imagine it would be a little harder. And like you said, I would you would really want to try to keep it updated so that you weren't the poor photographer with the sepia feet on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the worst part was that it was it's this giant wall. So like, think of like an OB table, like, you know, what the rooms look like, they're not huge, but like, it's a square and they have four big walls that are empty. It was like an eight by 10 on this like giant wall. And I was like, just one. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, what is the situation? Uh, so they can definitely use an update, but again, that's, it's a big office. And like, so I couldn't be like, can I just do like one or two rooms? Cause like, framed prints on even one wall in every room you'd have to do at least three or like two and two so four like it would it would be really expensive to do it right and like I do think for me like it like you were talking about like the stuff in the bag I think sometimes that feels and you know this about me but I'm very sensitive to like being marketed to any kind of like salesy way and so for me that might feel a little bit like getting like a pack of coupons in the mail type of thing. I don't know. Like it, when I get a coupon for something in the mail, like it automatically like devalues whatever that thing is a little bit, depending on what, like it depends, but yeah, I don't know. I feel a little bit about that stuff. Like I do about that. 
We used to do a junior league show and I know they have baby, like baby show. Is it a show? You know what I'm talking about? Like um, I know junior league, but like, was it like a, like a craft fair type of thing? Craft, but like different vendors, if you were having a baby, like something like oh, that, okay. but we would do the junior league one. Mm-hmm. And I think that did a lot for our business only because there was so much stuff there that wasn't beautiful that it was easy to stand out, you know what I mean? Like standing out. Yeah. And so I would highly recommend that if you have some sort of like, I call it a baby show because I don't know what else to call it, but um, I think most. Yeah. Um, Just, we would bring in like antique furniture and Oriental rug. I mean, we, people would stop and go Mm -hmm. and we had big portraits and we would have some sort of, offering that day you could you know book something at a discounted rate or something but we just you had an opportunity to talk to people as they walked by and kind of build some rapport and you could tell if they were your client that yeah. did for us yeah that's interesting one other question from the other thread is Laura wanted to know like how much info you give inquiries is it just the pricing pricing sheet do you go in depth on the experience she's trying to decide the right amount of info to send someone and provide value without overwhelming them I do send the full pricing full pricing guide upon inquiry and then I do kind of like bullet point essentially like what makes me different and like what my experience is so like I have like a couple sentences on a bullet point about my studio and membership welcome boxes just kind of things that they may not get from every other photographer that they're inquiring. Sometimes it, like, I do feel like my email is too big. I don't know what I can get out, but like definitely keeping it short and sweet when you can, I think is always best. I think also a good sales tip for communicating with clients is to ask them a question. Ooh, yeah. They have a reason to write back and answer your question so that you have a little bit of a dialogue back and forth. Mm-hmm. I agree. Instead of just, here's the information, hope you're from you soon. Yeah. Or even tell them, um, I don't think I do this right now, but I've done it in the past, like they are going to follow up um, and always, whether you tell them or not, always be following up at least once or twice with an inquiry. I have so, so many clients on that second or, well, the first follow-up, but like second email, third email that were just like, oh, your email got buried in my inbox or it's been a really busy week or we got sick or I really appreciate you reaching back out. Like, yeah, yeah, I still do want to do this. Like, what are my next steps? Like people that are not responding to your first email are not always just ghosting you. Sometimes they are for sure. (laughs) Um, But that's not always the case. So if you're not following up, you are absolutely missing out on bookings. Do we have any other questions? Um, okay. Somebody said, I think you've shared before, but how many images are your family galleries generally? Don't listen to me on this. <laughs> so contractually, I always guarantee 30 images from a session just to like cover my butt. If it is a really hard session or if the client is really late, I don't do like I don't time my sessions, but like, I'm also not going to do maybe every single thing that I would normally do if they weren't 30 minutes late or whatever it is. So that's just kind of to cover me there, but family sessions, 
if there's more than one child, I would say they're closer to like 60 to 70 images, which is too many. I've gotten into this really bad habit of I can shoot really quickly. I change it up really fast because I know that like the attention span of babies and toddlers is like so, so small. And so I'm constantly like, okay, let's, for lack of a better word, like shoot this pose. And then that's two minutes and like go into something else. And so as I've added like my bed in the studio to where it is and like another bench here and this chair, I have this like feeling as I'm shooting that like, we'll have to use all these things. Well, let me tell you, if you use all the things in your studio (laughs) or even half the things in your studio, when before you didn't have those things, your galleries are all of a sudden way bigger. And it's like, even if they're similar images, like it's different because like this one's on this chair. Like, so I really had to like try to tell myself, like, you don't have to use every bench. You don't have to use the bench and the bed, like pick one or the other. And I really started asking clients, like just while you're standing there with them, like, Hey, is there a piece of furniture or something that like you really love that you would want to have in your pictures? Or do you care about bed photos or do you not like bed photos? That way I'm not just like feeling like I have to like keep shooting different things. And then you go to call and you're like, I have so many images. That said, I typically don't take more than 250 to 300 images in a session. And then I pull it down to maybe like 80 to 100. And then from there, try to like really get it. I would like to never go over like 50. Do you think that's why you almost always sell full galleries because they can't narrow it down? Potentially. And so maybe it's not as bad as I, maybe it's not a problem. (laughs) Um, I also do think part of it is the way that I have the pricing for those files set up. Um, And that's like all in the a la carte pricing in the membership, but like kind of encouraging it. Basically, I make it really stupid not to buy the full gallery because I do want them to have it. Like I fully edit before they see it. So like I've already done the work and like I do want them to have all their images, um, whether they're digital or printed. So, yeah, I do think that's part of it. Even in my bigger galleries, um, if two images are really similar, it's because they like kind of go together. It's like a sequence kind of thing where I'm like, okay, like in an album, I would want these two side by side or these three side by side. Um, things like that. I'm, I'm really trying to never put like more than one or two similar images in. So I've seen galleries from people that there's five images. It's like a spot, the difference thing. You know, do you remember those things where like they would do like in the newspaper, like two images side by side. And you'd like spend all this time being like, what is the difference between these two? I've seen galleries where there's like five, six, seven images that look like that. And you're like, I cannot, the faces look the same. The angles look the same. Like, don't do that for the love of God. Don't do that. Um, But if they're different enough that when you see them, you can instantly spot the difference. I think that's a little better. (laughs) Yeah, I think when you give multiples of basically the same image, it really dilutes the mm-hmm. specialness of that one image. Like, does it seem? Yeah, and yeah. clients are having to basically call their own gallery. Like, as a client, I've been given, and I think sometimes it's because I'm a photographer, and so people think they're doing you a favor. But I've been giving given like hundred image galleries, and I'm like, okay, first of all, I have to call these down. 
Second of all, these 20 images, I feel horrible about myself looking at them. Whereas if I had only seen these 50, I would have felt really good about myself. So like, why did you even include these 20? So like, that's another thing with my galleries. I'm always looking at it from like, usually the mom's perspective of like, is she going to like the way she looks in this photo? Is the angle flattering? Did I like do a good job with that? And if it's not, like usually it doesn't make the cut. Thank you so much, Jenny, for joining me today on the episode. And thank you to our amazing community over at the TMA Facebook community group. You ladies always have the best questions. Speaking of that amazing group, are you a part of our free private Facebook community? If not, head on over to Facebook and simply search the Motherhood Anthology Community. There you'll find a warm and welcoming community of motherhood and family photographers all in the trenches of their photography businesses. You can ask questions and bounce ideas off of over 5,000 members, so go check it out. This is a great quote by Albert Einstein. Logic will get you from A to B, but imagination will take you everywhere. So from Ireland to yours, until next time, friends. <laughs>